I ruined the show already before it even began. Had a chance to get Mike, and I didn't do it. Such a stupid idiot. Because our relationship's built on a mutual admiration and trust. Correct. Absolutely. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Bitch. I will fucking take my hand and slap you right across the shaft of your I'll penis. Put my tongue um, out, and then we'll both get aroused. <laughs> Welcome to Off the Post. My name is Joe Fortunato. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Michael Murphy. And this is a show where we answer your questions about the New York Rangers. Um, Thank you for asking, Joe. Buffalo was really fun. I had a great time. I don't know if you guys knew, but Mike went to Canada yesterday. I went to Buffalo. So, I didn't go to Canada. Well, you should have gone to Canada because the Niagara Falls, or the Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls is better from Canada. Which one's the horseshoe? That is Canada. Yeah, I think I went to the Canadian one. Um, it's cool. Niagara Falls is cool. It's really cool. You, if you like walked under Niagara Falls, you would be just fucking pummeled into a, a, a heap, like a type of mist. Yeah, so, yeah, you get turned into mist. We, uh, when we went to Niagara Falls, we took like the boat tour that like goes near it. Oh. And my mist. uncle was like, oh, aren't the kids going to get scared when they go under the falls? And my dad was like, we'll fucking die if we go under the falls, you idiots. <laughs> so. Apparently there's a story where like a, a kid had a little life preserver on and he went over the horseshoe falls on the Canadian side and then the maiden, the mist, the boat, just like they found him at the bottom of the falls and he was fine. I wonder if it's because he gets, like, thrust under. You know what I mean? I think my theory was he was so light that the life preserver brought him up faster than it would a, a full-grown adult. That's what I mean. Like it, it, yeah. But, like, you get pushed down. Like, how you... You ever try to kill, like, a spider on, like, a pillow and you smash it but it doesn't die? Yeah, because it gives. Right. That's what I think, like, it pushes you... If you're light enough, it just pushes you into the water. Well, that's a, a weird thing. Like, if an ant falls off, like, the Empire State Building, it'll live. It's a weird thing because they're yeah, but so ants light. are like they're the they're animals. I don't mean like an actual they're insects, obviously, but they're like tanks. You can't kill an ant. They survive I mean, through anything. I'm pretty sure we make ant traps that kill ants. Well, I actually, and I, I killed an ant before, so I'm you already a liar. Bastard. Anyway, uh, yes, welcome. Let's get to the questions. Eric Carlson, is it wrong how much I am loving Lemieux? I'm actually not a fan of fighting and the tough guy stuff in hockey, but the dude is fire, and he's ready to go at any moment. So, I think it's all... Lemieux has been just... It's really hard to kind of talk about him just because you and I have sort of set a similar baseline that if he becomes a third-line winger for the New York Rangers, it's a huge win. It's a big old win. He's got five points in ten games for the Rangers this year. I think that's impressive, considering how bad the Rangers have been. And remember, there's no Kevin Hayes and there's no Zuccarello by the time Lemieux has gotten to the team, so that's kind of a big deal. And yeah, he's just he's been great. He, he's been exactly what we've wanted out of him. He hasn't. There, Mike talked about the fact that he draws a lot of penalties. We've seen that he hasn't been an asshole in terms of any suspensions or anything. Not like that was kind of an well, he issue. Got a game. Uh, what did he get? He got a match penalty. Yeah, he did, but that was stupid. That was a stupid penalty. It was stupid. It was like a guy falls into him and, and he's getting a five minute major. Come on. Come on. Come um, on. He is no, not, it's like, not I'll wrong it that you way. love him as much as you yeah. love him. He's not my favorite archetype of hockey player. I'll put it that way. However, I don't like I completely embrace and accept that guys like that can help you in hockey games. He's done what he's supposed to do. 
Uh, and as Joe said, if all he is, is is a third liner who plays this way, it'll be a win for the Rangers. And yeah, it's a huge, it's a yeah, huge one. I, w- I would love to see him, you know, get some more shots on net. Um, he does, but that's the other thing. It's not like he's he's creating havoc in front of the net. He he's making the good type of forechecking hits. He's in the corners. He's in the boards. He he's doing all the things we want to see. Yeah, he has twenty five hits in ten games. That's that's a lot. Of a lot hits. of hits. Sorry, I was drinking. I was hydrating myself. Vodka. That's how much this podcast takes out of me. It was not vodka. I do not drink clear liquor, if I can help it. Do you drink Windex? I drink. That's not a liquor. Mm, it is if you try hard enough. No, I guess you could ferment it. Um, Andrew Presti, given Crowder's slump and his need for a new contract after next year, what are your thoughts on whether or not the Rangers should trade him for a defenseman in the offseason? Winnipeg's Truba seems enticing with their cap situation as bad as it is. I mean, I would 100% trade Crider for Truba regardless of Crider's struggles. I do want to say, though, that um, this has kind of come up, the Crider thing, because of Larry Brooks. He wrote an article about yeah, how the Rangers article. are going to remember this like tough stretch that Crider has gone through. And Kreider has always been a streaky player. Always. Always. There's nothing new about this. So it's not totally shocking, but like the Rangers shouldn't have been handing him a seven-year, $49 million extension anyway. So if this forces them to be safer, then fine. But I, I do think there may be some talk just because it makes sense about Kreider to Winnipeg for Truba, but not because of the slump. And if that's why the Rangers are making decisions, that's a problem. Um, I think it, it, it was already something you had to keep in mind. I mean, like, I feel like some people thought, oh, he didn't get dealt. He's going to stick around. Um, the way he played, you know, early this season was, was so outstanding. I mean, right now, if the season ended right now, he would already finish with a career high in points, right? I mean, he is at 49 now, and he's two goals shy of his career high at 28. So that's with this really, really rough slump he's had, which I know has been highlighted, uh, you know, by, by that, you know, the, the penalty he got for against Vancouver, uh, against Pedersen. And, you know, that is something I know that a lot of people said, ah, oh, you know, he has a history. And some people say, no, he doesn't have a history, but, um, it's been a very frustrating stretch for Kreider. But the other thing to keep in mind is he was a part of the team's best line, uh, when it was here and Zuccarello got traded. So things are different in terms of what he's working with and who he's playing with. I'm I'm of the opinion that if you you do consider trading him, you should do it for something like a Truba. Uh, whether or not that's what you could get is a whole other question. I like I like Chris Kreider a lot, even with his uh, his streakiness. I think he's a very unique. Uh, person in terms of who he is away from the ice i really appreciate like the the approach he takes to hockey uh he's one of my my favorite guys in terms of just like a personality that's ever been a ranger definitely a favorite of mine but it's he's also you know he's a big powerful fast like power forward like a gazelle just power can skate like the wind uh and if he's playing with the right guys he'll be a beast and I'm not sure we're going to have the right guys here for a while. And the question of his contract is a big deal because you got to figure out what exactly you have in terms of 
the pieces to build around because you need those guys to build around. Mika Zibanejad is obviously one of them, Joe. Uh, and, you know, the other guy we talk about when we talk about this because we're just talking contracts here, Brady Shea. Is he one of those guys yet? No one has any goddamn idea. With that being said, you should have some established wingers to help these kids. And the Rangers traded away Zuccarello. So, and we hope Pavel Buchnevich becomes one of those guys. He's not one of those guys yet. It's too early. Chris Kreider is the only guy that's like that on the team right now. So, I'd be hesitant to move him, is my short way of saying I think that's fair. I I could totally understand moving him for Truba. I really can't. I could see. I I, I I really could. Like... Even given, think I would be behind such a move, to be honest with you. But. Also, because I feel like if you do, if you make that trade, the other like it'll start a domino effect where the Rangers will say, "Okay, we got Truba, we can move Shattenkirk, and you know we can move Pionk. Like we have our guy for the right side for." Well, they have to make defensive moves anyway this summer. There's just too many. Yeah, they do. It's going to be too many. I wrote about that last week. Too many. You did. I liked it. Jamie Bussold. Hey guys, long time no talk. Well, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. Uh, do you think the New York Rangers will use their many draft picks to trade for an established player? Say, trade the Jets first, back to them in a package for Truba. Um, also, better movie, Gladiator or Braveheart? To answer your question, I think the Rangers will explore it, but I have a very funny feeling the Rangers will keep. Like, they're not going to trade. They're not trading picks for established players unless they're helping them really immediately. And Truba would certainly fit that mold, but uh, I'm not totally sure I see that as a viable option. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I feel like if they're going to do that in terms of go for the established player, I think their first choice will be what's there in free agency. And because of the guys who are, will be there, namely Panarin, like, I feel like that'll answer a lot for them in terms of what they want to go for. But, you know, Truba is, of course, a young guy, but also an established talent. So he is kind of a guy where he is an asterisk in this situation. I feel like if it's, it'll be more than just, like, using a collection of those early picks. Because the other thing is, those are more viable to the Rangers than... I'm sure some of their prospects are right now, namely a guy like Pionk or what have you. Um, so that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I, I have to. That's one I have to kind of think on. But that's a. I like that one. It's a tough one, Joe. And between Gladiator and Braveheart. Oh, very tough. I would say. I mean, I'm Irish and Scottish, so this will be sacrilege. But I think Braveheart's the better movie. I've never seen Braveheart the fuck is wrong with you I've seen gladiator I've never seen braveheart i'm gonna just throw a fish at your head well it is what it is michael silvers who i forgot to ask his question last week so i apologize michael that, that, was, my, wrong with you. that was my fuck up what is your take on lundquist being visibly frustrated to teammates on the ice is he showing them up as some have suggested thanks i'll hang up and listen um we talked about this a little bit on the flagship yeah. uh, i don't think i don't think he's showing them up I think it's an easy, and I'm not saying Michael feels this way, I think it's an easy, stupid, like, oh, we can just, oh, he's yelling at people like we're angry. You you want a vocal leader? He's a vocal leader. The insinuation that guys like Messier, you know, or some of the greatest leaders that you can think of um, were not like that is insane. 
if something needs to be said, it needs to be said. And Mike and I said on the flagship show, what exactly is Lundquist supposed to do? Tell me what he's supposed to do. And it would be different if he wasn't asking it. It would be difficult if he wasn't asking it of himself, too. Yeah. He demands perfection from himself and everybody else. But the corners of the internet... Here's the last thing that I'll say about this particular topic. The corners of the internet that push out the narrative that Lundquist is picking what games he does and doesn't play or the narrative that Henrik Lundqvist is more important than anybody else on the team and that he's even more important than, like, David Quinn. And the same narrative that was being pushed when David Quinn went to go meet him because, oh, you know, David Quinn wanted to meet the players on the team. That is coming from people who need those types of fiery takes for any attention that they can get. So best to ignore and starve them out of the oxygen that they need. That, uh, that that was a that took a dark turn. It did, but it's there and it's real. Um, ooh, Tom Ertz Jr. Yeah, I know Tom that name. Jr. Who would you rather be, Michael James Bond or Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. Oh, that's a tough one. Ah, I think I'd rather be Bond, but I like. I don't want to kill people. Yeah, but Indiana Jones kills people. Yeah, but he doesn't do it for like that's not his primary job. But he, he does it. Listen, he'll punch a Nazi, and they'll fall under a tank tread, and they'll get crushed. Yeah, but okay. he, do, he kills lots of people. Like, I think it's fair to say that Indiana a man Jones... Will pull out a, a man will pull out a sword, and then he'll shoot that man in the gut with a revolver. But he doesn't. He, that's not what he wakes up thinking he's going to do. James Bond wakes up knowing he's going to shoot a PP-7 into someone's... like. I mean, here, here's the deal. James Bond is cooler. James Bond is... You know, the guy just fucking goes out there and gambles like an animal. He can kill people. Like, that's awesome. That's great. I'd, I'd, I'd personally rather do what Indiana Jones does. James Bond self-medicates. But I let James Bond is the cooler character. And Indiana Jones is cool, too. But He's not the cooler character. He is 100%. James Bond is the fucking man. He probably has syphilis. He, he's the man. Well, you know what? Just because he's out there slinging his stuff people, around. But... That's all. I don't know. Have you, prob- like, the Daniel Craig James Bond to me is like, oh, he is a, a, a tragically wounded and fractured person to the point where he's barely a human being. Whereas Indiana Jones is, oh, he's a professor uh, who who's deeply passionate about you know history and uh, you know antiquities, and then sometimes, not all the time, he'll put on his little, little hat and little jacket. And uh, he'll go into the jungle with a bag of rice, and he'll do the old switcheroo, and he's solving puzzles. Like, yeah. Yeah, but James Bond is like a super spy who could break into shit and hack stuff. And I want to point this out. You, you would be serving the British government, which immediately makes you not a patriot. Indiana Jones is American. I well, Br- first of all, Britain is an ally, Michael. They're you, an ally. You, so if I'm serve serving the, the British... If I'm serving the British government, I am also... In, you know what? These days, actually, I might be serving the Queen. I can tell you that. Think of the alternative. What, serving well, the American flag? Well, serving the people? Sure. Yeah, that's we the people, Joseph? Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that right now. I, like, I think the look... I like Indiana Jones more. I love history. Uh, I'm so not going to pretend James Bond isn't badass. He I, but is. th- this is the thing. I agree with you. 
me, I love history. I love the the historical. Who could impact. I be for a day? I would say Bond. Who would I be for a lifetime? I would say Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's uh, again. I like Indiana Jones does cooler things. Like he's going defying traps and fucking swapping out bags of sand with coins and all and that pushing bullshit. Nazis like, I, I tank totally, treads. Yes, I totally get it, and it that's fine. But James Bond is the cooler character. Like I'd rather be James Bond, who rather, is Indiana Jones, if that I want makes the sense. Gadgets and the leather jacket. Yeah, they, they, how awesome would the gadgets be? Yeah, you have a pen. You just shoot some guy in the throat with it. Well, awesome. see, that's the problem. Is it's, you're causing mayhem and, and, and considerable damage to your humanity. You're just killing people left, right, and center. But I have to for the queen. For the queen. God save the queen. Uh, M. Delessio, 22. Mike and Joe, I don't like that your name was first. I love both shows like and your articles. My question is, with Quinn's apparent blind eye to the weaknesses of Pionk's game, do you think Gordon in the front office sees it and will take it into account in not giving him a long-term or rich deal? Yes. Yeah, well, I, I would certainly agree with that. I think if Pionk comes back, it's going to be a bridge deal, and it has to be. If it's not, it, it better be like an eight-year deal for literally $8 million. Um, but yeah, he's, he's going to get a bridge deal. That's, I, I think Quinn, again, I don't have an issue with Quinn giving youth an opportunity, even in a case like this, where it's like just remarkably clear that the kid is drowning because the alternative is an older defenseman. But yeah, Brandon Faust. Hey guys. Just one question. What are your overall thoughts on Jeff Gordon as a general manager, including a grade on him? Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, it's. I, I keep saying this. Um, I, I, I think you could easily say you, you can't make that call until this summer. Uh, it's fair to say the Rangers did not get the most out of the Ryan McDonough trade last year, which was easily the biggest trade he's made. But... Same token, he got a great deal for Nash and a great deal for Grabner. I think this year he got an okay deal for Zuccarello. I think he did fine with Hayes. He's Here, doing have, the right thing. I have an idea, bud. Let's do this. Ready? I'm going to go back and say the biggest trades he's made, and you're going to say win, meh, or we don't know, or loss. Okay? Okay. Uh, the McQuaid trade to Columbus. We got Julius Bergman, a fourth. Yeah, it's, a that's seven. a net negative. It, net it's, negative. Well, not the even Kevin actually. Hayes net negative trade. is wrong. It's neutral. It's nothing. It is what it is. Kevin Hayes trade. Uh, fine. Matt Zuccarello trade. Fine, but could be fantastic. The Ryan Spooner for Strom trade. Fantastic. The McQuaid requiring McQuaid trade. Uh, horrible. The McDonough Miller blockbuster. Hmm. Grading badly. Rick Nash trade to Boston. Fantastic. Grabner trade. Fantastic. Um, and then I would say we, we should, yeah, Nick Holden trade with Rob O'Gara in the third coming back. Yeah, fine. I mean, the, the next big one is, is Stepon. Is, is Stepon and Ronta for D'Angelo which in the first. Which at this point is disastrous, but for different reasons. Yeah. Like and the Rangers then, fucked really, up what they got back. That's not a, as much a matter of. It and being then a bad I feel trade. like two, at least two more, a couple more trades we need to mention. Um, the the one that is most important to me is is not this one, but Brendan Smith for the third and the second to Detroit. The last, like, the last buy the Rangers made at a trade deadline. 
terrible. And then, of course, the, 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 the unanimous great trade is trade. again. A unanimous great trade, Zabenajad trade. Oh, like trade of a career. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned already, the Eric Stahl trade. Yeah, terrible. Um, But the reason why I'm saying, like, hey, we need to kind of calm down on him just for right now is I need to know what he does this offseason. He's going to get a lot of temptation dangled in front of him. I need to see what, you know, what he actually does. I feel like if... um like it's so it's so interesting because that you know the the Eric Stahl trade and the Zabenjad trade were really only separated Joe by by four months, and to me that is his worst and his best trade. Um, and since then I think it's been a bit of a mixed bag. But altogether with what's happened this season, I think the worst idea that the front office had was the Adam McQuaid trade. Like regardless of what they thought, like they were going to get a guy that could flip later and get more for him. Clearly, they did not. Um, and, of course, it's important to mention with the Strom for Spooner trade, the Rangers won that trade. But, of course, before that happened, you know, Spooner was part of the Rick Nash package and he signed Spooner, you know, two years, $4 million a year, which is was definitely a ballsy move considering everything that happened. That was kind of what we thought Spooner might come in under, especially with the way he played you know, towards the end of last season, but that was just, uh, that was like, he found a way to escape that and, you know, ate salary because of, because of it, but his moves as a whole as a general manager, I think are a mixed bag leaning towards the positive. I don't think he's looked at as a bad general manager. And I really feel like the point you raised about needing to see what he does is so important because it's very hard to evaluate a general manager who inherited the mess that he inherited from Sather in terms of the amount of assets and prospects he had to work with. Immediately try to get this team back to the cup final, realize in a hurry it's not going to happen, and transition into the rebuild the way he's had to do it. Like, he's had to go from buyer, I'm going to buy Eric Stahl, and we're going to try for a Brandon Smith to a huge seller the last two years and you know no no matter what you like every trade the rangers have made since they've been sellers they've given up the best player in each of those trades that's just the reality of selling right you know you're, you're getting picks and prospects back that's just that's just what we're talking about here but you know he's made a lot of little moves that uh have raised eyebrows but he's also found a way to you know, get something for nothing uh, a lot with, you know, the Cody McLeod trade, the Mazinek trade. I know there's a seventh round picks, but whatever. I like the Peter Holland trade as well. On the whole, I think he trends toward the positive, as frustrating as he can be with some of the deals. But I think the real problem here, Joe, is that uh, he, I don't feel like he's done a great job with the big deals. Like uh, the McDonough Miller trade, I think right now looks really bad. Yeah, I would I, agree. And I think that. that I'm worried we're going to see. We could see something similar with the Kevin Hayes trade, although, let's be honest, Kevin Hayes hasn't been that great for Winnipeg. So, um, very interested to see how his his record goes with these big trades, because, you know, you could say you could say it was a loss. The, the Stepan Ranta one was a loss. I think it's not a stretch to say that. You could easily say Stahl was a loss, the Benajad's a win, McDonough and Miller, they didn't get enough back, or... You know, I don't think that's too much of a stretch. The Nash one, I think, is kind of a push 
but they got a first for Nash, so let's call that one a win, truth be told. Yeah, I mean, Nash trade, Grabner trade were home runs, absolute home runs. The Kevin Hayes trade, the Rangers got what they needed out of it. The problem is, for whatever reason, the Rangers became infatuated with Lieber Hayek, and they needed to include... Like, if if you take the McDonough trade, and it's the first-round pick, the conditional second-round pick... Um, Brett Howden and Vlad Nemestikov, which is apparently what the trade was. Yeah, that's the word, right? Because the Rangers needed to include Miller to get Hayek. That is a fucking blowaway trade. You get a first-round pick, potentially a second first-round pick, but at the very worst, a second-round pick. So a first, a second, Vlad Nemestikov and a high-end, a team's high-end prospect. For yeah, McDonough, a former that's a, a former if, first if, round pick. If up. that was the trade, it would have been a blow away trade. Great package, great package. You would have sat there and you would have been like, "Holy shit!" The problem is when you include JT Miller, and I, I understand that we are talking about a guy who is playing on Tampa, who's the best team in the league, who is getting offense up and down their lineup, where Kucherov may have more points himself than the Rangers have combined. Um, actually, I'm curious how close to reality that is. I don't want to know. I don't want to know either. Like, yeah, sure. Miller was a point per game player for them last year. He's got 40, he's 37 points in 66 games this year, which is actually kind of really disappointing. He's Um, moving up and down their lineup a lot though. They signed him to a big contract. Like I get it. You wanted to avoid all those things as a Ranger, but you could have, if you were the Rangers, but you could have easily traded Miller separate for something else last year. And the Rangers kind of panicked and threw it all together, and that's fine. But if that McDonough trade was McDonough for a first, the conditional first that's right now a second, Nemestikov and Howden, we would have been throwing Gordon a parade. It was whatever reason that they needed to have Lieber Hayek included in that deal. And let's hope that they were right. But, you know, it's not really really something that you really want to think about right now. But sure, I mean, he's been fine. I got to see what he does this summer. Gray Market. Hey, Mike and Joe. I'm fucking sick of these people putting your name first. I got news for you. Equally important and valuable humans in a crazy mixed up world. Oh, look at that. If you could go to one Ranger game for free, where would you go? No. I don't. Is the like what arena? Yeah, I guess what road game. Um, that's a, I, You know what? I would want to go to Winnipeg. I love what? that fan base. Yeah, man, the fucking, it's the smallest rink in the league and the loudest. Mike, you would freeze. I'm not going, I'm, I'm going there for a hockey game. But you would I know freeze. I'm going to freeze. As soon as you walked outside, I just got back freeze. from Buffalo. You, Buffalo is like the Sahara Desert compared to Winnipeg. I find that to be Well, you know what? We're going to look it up right now. Winnipeg weather. All right, Chuck. Uh, not a great thing. It's 33 degrees in Winnipeg right now. Oh, so you're an asshole. Buffalo weather. Please, 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 please. Ah, oh, damn it. It's yeah, 30 degrees in Buffalo. Joe's an asshole. Uh, this is bullshit. That's what this is. Oh, I what's the weather in Buffalo, Joe? I just said it was 30 degrees. Oh, so it's colder in Buffalo. Well, it might not have been when you were there. Oh. So, I'd probably go to Montreal or Toronto. I respect both of those picks. My yeah. dad went to Montreal and he said it was it was absolutely it's a mecca. It's it's hockey is like a religion there. It, it you're never going to get that in New York even though I I think New York is a easily the best 
and I'm biased, obviously, but yeah, I want to see what it's like up there. Probably Montreal, yeah. then Toronto. We all pick. Uh, we both pick Canadian teams, but that's and that's interesting. Well, you kind of have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what else? What are you going in elsewhere in the country for? Uh, Panera win 2020. Hey, Joe and Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You're still an asshole, though. Th- I'm even more of an asshole now. Uh, you are now the defensive coach of the New York Rangers. Well, look at that. Mike and I are doing a job share. Yeah. If you had your way, what changes would you make to fix the defense? I mean, give John Gilmore top four role. Give Tony D'Angelo the top line role. Put Pionk in the press box and let's fucking go. Hmm. It's a very spooky question. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack with the defense. Um I feel like if I'm the if I'm the coach of the defense, that doesn't mean I'm the general manager. It means I'm trying to get the most out of my defense. It's I'm not trying to do things like showcase guys. And if I'm trying to get the most out of my defense, I'm going to say that Pionk will be sitting um, and kind of move from there. Like I want, you know, if we're assuming it's the lineup now, you know, so the guys who are hurt are hurt, you know, and all that and all that shit. Like I would have D'Angelo on the first pair and I would have, you know, him on the first power play unit. I'd probably be trying to play him with Brady Shea and... Uh, I'd be trying very hard to make life easier for Stahl on the third pair and shelter the hell out of him. Um, play Shattenkirk on the second pair and just kind of fill stuff in there. Let's go Shattenkirk and Clayson and let's do Stahl and Smith or Stahl and Gilmore, I guess. It's hard because Gilmore's a left side. You just, you, you got to get answers to the questions there's no easy fix right now because there's no there's the rangers have already walked down this road you know what i mean there's nothing they can do today that's going to fix any of the problems they have the only thing they can do today for sure is is get an answer on what what's going to be there tomorrow so uh nick visconti what current new york ranger prospects other than those taken in the first round are you most excited about Oh, mm, so the guys who the are first. so other than the guys in Shostorkin. the first round, yeah, Shostorkin is the is, that's the slam dunk answer, right? Um, and then I mean Morgan Barron is the other one. Yeah, Barron has to be. Um, I'm just given, carrying this podcast right now. Given what we we saw from him this season, um, you'd be really crazy to to not have Barron in that group. I like. I don't know. I feel silly. I like Tim Gettinger. I don't think he's a spe- like a special prospect. I, I, like, I, like, him. I like him too, though. He reminds yeah. me so much of Brian Boyle. Yeah, and I feel like that... I don't know. That's not a bad thing. It's not a no, bad thing not to be reminded of. Um, but beyond that, it, it, I think it's it's tricky. I, I, I think uh, Tarmo Runinen, uh, Reininen is a guy who's pretty interesting. Um, I know he. You know, a lot of people have been paying attention to him. Uh, especially among uh, Rangers Twitter. Uh, of course, Rikov is not a guy who's in the first round. Um, you know, guy we got from another team's prospect pool, but he's a guy who you also need to talk about. But, you know, the guy, you know, the big guy for this Rangers team in terms of those guys who are outside that first round right now has to be Shostorkin. And after that, Joe, I, I really love the Morgan Barron pick. Yeah, Morgan um, Barron has been... For a guy who is a sixth-round pick... 
I mean, he's 6'2", he's a center, and he carried Cornell's offense this season. Like, really and truly carried the entire offense. Was one of the best players in his conference. I, The Rangers are really excited about this guy, and for good reason. He's a very good hockey player. Um, at the very least, he's an, like going to be an AHL guy. And to have a guy, and likely will be an NHL guy if he continues this up. So to get that out of a six-round pick is huge. Uh, and I... Huge. Yeah. I don't huge. Know if, I don't know if anyone else really jumps off the page to me. Because I know, like, Nico Gross has had a really quiet season. Um, as expected. Yeah, and that was, like you said, Joe, yeah, it's, it's as expected. It's not really shocking or surprising. And, you know, outside of that, there's not there's not too much to get really excited about in terms of who the Rangers have, you know, like... Um, the goalie Olaf Lindbom, uh, you know, the second round pick from last year, had a had a bad concussion this season, so he missed a ton of time, which is really unfortunate. But uh, it, you know, if anything, you know, he is already kind of battling uphill in terms of trying to be impressive. He was the first goalie taken in that draft, and the Rangers went off the board with him. But he missed so much time this year, Joe, that like no one knows what the hell he is still. So, um, yeah, I mean, we also never mentioned you know Huska signed. Um, and, but that was kind of, I don't know, not great because he lost his starting job. Uh, I think we actually did talk about it. Um, oh, did we? Was that I think last? We, I think we did very briefly yesterday, oh, last okay. week. Well, yeah. Because Josh Zarkin asked the question about him being a Husky. We did the Husky versus Bobcat thing. Oh yeah. My bad. That's yeah. Right. But you know, he's, he has had since, since then, you know, Huska's had two starts, uh, or two appearances at least in Hartford and has an 862 save. So, uh. For Hartford, that may not be bad, actually. Yeah, yeah for Hartford, that might not be bad. But his numbers in the in the NCAA this year were eight ninety six save, which is rough, mm. very rough. <laughs> Next, oh, he has another question. Uh, okay. Nick does, which is which prospect other than Hughes and Kako are you highest on this year? Mike and I have gotten a, a few of those questions. Basically, we can't answer that until we know kind of where the Rangers play. I'll tell you that I think. Um, Zagris is going to be the Rangers. They they kind of have their eye on him. That's what I'm going to tell you. I like. Port Colson. Um, I like Bowen Byram. There's almost not a wrong choice three to and ten. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys there who who will be good. We in you know the flagship we talked about uh, Dylan Cozens, Joe because of because uh, of Jake Elmer because of Jake Elmer. Elmer I mean Fudd. he's he's a big old center and you know but uh, like like I the way I think of you know like everyone knows the Rangers need help at the wing but like you just take the goddamn best guy who's on the board. That's it. Take um, the best guy on and the, board. the good news is. Right now, there are enough guys there in you know that, that roughly that top ten, top twelve who are look like really damn good players, um, guys who don't have a lot of flaws as you'd expect from that you know that elite group of prospects. So, you know, we're gonna find out very soon where these guys land in terms of prospect rankings, and gonna be spending a lot of time in the offseason taking a long, long look at these guys because, as you know. This will be a big draft for the Rangers, Joe. Big old draft. A big fucking draft. A lot of chips on the line on this one, Joe. Big, big draft. 31 on black. Shane Mooney, would you rather have Hank win against the Kings and the Rangers never win the Stanley Cup again, or Shostyorkin win two cups after the rebuild when Hank retires? I mean, that, the, so the, the real question, right, I mean, how Never important is Henrik Lundqvist is, winning a cup? That's really what it comes down to. And Lundqvist is not bigger than the Rangers. No, absolutely so not. So it's the latter. Uh, there's a second part of the question. Can you insult my friends listening, Max and Kyle, for me? 
yeah, I'm not I'm not above that. I used to have friends, like invisible friends when I was a kid named Max and Ralph. Uh, I don't know why I'm admitting that on the podcast openly, but I didn't have friends, so those are my friends. They were invisible friends. And, oh, buddy. And Max was the dumb one. So you're dumb, Max. And Kyle, so, Michael go in on Kyle. Well, I have a Kyle story. Oh, this, um, is, this is why we're meant to be together. We're just perfect. So when I was younger, I wasn't very sweet. Everyone thinks I'm the nicest guy in the world. You really uh, are the nicest guy in the world. But there was a time when I was like, I didn't really bully kids, but I wasn't nice because I was a chubby kid, and I and I was like, everyone's gonna pick on me, so I'll just pick on them and, and point out that I'm also fat while I'm at it to take the sting out That's of it. It's kind of it's a smart way to go, actually. It's good tactics, Joe. Yes, absolutely. It's it just, it just good tactics. But uh, there was a kid I was at a sleepover. His name was Kyle. Uh, I'll withhold his last name, <laughs> please. And thank he, you. He he fell asleep uh, before the rest of my friends, and like I was kind of buddies with him, but I didn't really know him. I don't know what what possessed me. Oh my god! Wait, I know this story. You told this story on our silly podcast, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. I didn't like Kyle very much, which is nothing against Kyle. It just had to do with my insecurity as a teenager. Like there was nothing wrong with this kid. He was a fine kid, but for whatever reason, I just didn't like the cut of his jib. Um, And so I took one of his shoes (laughs) and I pissed in it, and then I put it in the freezer in my friend's basement. He had like a furnished basement. You know, we were, like, up all night playing, you know, Smash Brothers or whatever on N64. Anyway, long story short, uh, in the morning, he had, like, a... came from a military family, and his dad was like, Kyle, where are you? Get going. And I was like, oh, this is not good. Because uh, he couldn't find his shoe, and I was like, Kyle, uh, uh, your shoe's in the freezer. And he, he grabbed his shoe. He was like, why would you put my shoe in the freezer? I was like, I don't know. It was a, it was a crazy thing I did, Kyle. Because I, I didn't realize that his father was like a martinet. was like a strict military man. Sure. Anyway, he puts a, a cold shoe on. I mean, like he had trouble putting his foot in because it's frozen. Full because, of piss. Because it's filled with frozen piss. So, like, I remember watching him go up the basement steps and expecting him to explain to his father why, like, why his car rank just was stunk of human urine on the drive home. And I was like... I don't feel good about myself. Anyway, long story short, your friend Kyle, who you want me to make fun of, I'm sure he's a nice kid, but maybe check his feet. Yeah, he's got piss feet. But you shouldn't make fun of people. No, you shouldn't bully people. people. Even though it's your friends. Like, I tell Joe he's a son of a bitch all the time. And he means it. I do mean it, though, but you know... know, Felipe Ghostine. You're a good person, Joe. Why isn't Beth in the podcast anymore? Well, she doesn't love us. That's the real answer, so... Why is Beth in, isn't in the podcast anymore? Um, we want her on the podcast. I keep. By the way, can you be just, in a podcast? You can be on the podcast, right? He's saying it. It's almost like it's a pool. Like you and I are in a pool. We we want Beth on the show. I, I feel like we we just Beth have a very busy. hard Beth time. Beth is a life. Up. Yeah, like Beth. Just by the way, Beth just wrote an unbelievable essay. She did. Um, that you guys should uh, read. It is heavy. Um, I'll, I'll yeah have a dog by nearby. Yeah, it's it's authentic. It's brave. Um, I read it today. I was, you know, it was uh, seven hours in the car. Did you cry? Uh, um, I got glassy. Yeah, Mike it, is very emotional. Not okay. a bad thing. He's just. An I don't emotional know why boy. you're choosing uh, to do that, but it's uh for entropy entropymag dot org. Uh, uh, both Mike called, and I retweeted it. So if you yeah, if you follow it's called us. the Talking Cure. Uh, colon bunnies so search for that and search for beth boyle macklin uh it is uh, she is without exaggeration the best writer that i know the best writer on blue shirt banter 
she honest it was i think i refer to it as the most powerful piece that i have read and will continue to read um probably for the rest of the year because it's as a new father it it hits home it makes you reflect a lot as someone who's gone through a lot of mental health issues uh that i have in my life it's um a lot of it resonates with me when you don't you feel a little less than human you feel less a little less than a person when you're confronted by you know how flawed you are and how uh how you're willing to make these decisions that feel so inherently selfish and so cruel but to open up like there's so much to open up about yourself like that which she did braver than anything i've done yeah it's very it's uh not easy to do something like that and she did it and we're all better people for it i want beth in the podcast joe make it happen make it happen or i walk i have no like i have no control of i said come on make it happen or All right, fine. I you know what, then? Get out of here. You, Max, and Kyle can start your own podcast called The Stupid Podcast. I will, and we'll piss on your shoes. Y- you like that? It. No, you're not allowed in my house now, because I know. No, your wife will let me in. I'll turn my freezer off. Ruin all the food, but you won't be freezing my shoes. No popsicles for you? I don't have any popsicles in there. I give up Don't sugar worry, maybe for, you'll get cold in Winnipeg. Give up sugar for Lent. No, I w- I'm not going to Winnipeg because it's cold. No. You're a little turd burger, you know that? See, this is what I'm talking about, Max and Kyle. Right here. This is the bully Mike that he was telling you about. Yep, that's me. You all think you bully get the boy. sweet Mike. I get bullied. Uh, Felipe has another question. Would you rather yeah. pick first and get Hughes or second and pick Kako? Um, I'm telling you. I'd rather pick first and have the choice. See, I'm going to tell you that there's no pressure in picking second. Because you I'm can't fuck you. up second. Uh, you I can't. Would... If, if it's a two-person draft, which this year is, like, yeah, sure, the Rangers could pick second and not pick either of them, which would be such a Ranger thing to do. Um, if you, if right now there's a, a real legitimate conversation about whether or not Capo is better than Jack Hughes. Just as good, if not better, maybe. You can't fuck up if you pick second. The first team inherits all the risk. You just get the consolation prize. You know what, Joe? I like the way you think. Also, your next pick will be higher. Right. So there you go. Phil, not our Phil, tweets by Phil. Phil, how much of a dead weight is Hartford? Is Hartford a dead weight? Can any younger player really progress there? I think he meant to. Um, Hartford is a. Is Hartford a, is like a ridiculous anchor. Like imagine being in a canoe with a cruise ship anchor. Yeah, the problem with Hartford to me is Just sinking to the bottom. Is is at the organizational level, um, and you think we start with how long Chris Drury has been the GM there. Is do we look to Drury for no, blame? That's a great we, point. Like, is Drury just fucking this up? It kind of feels like to, it. It's getting worse. Keith McCambridge and uh, you know, Ormina, Joe Ormina to blame. This is a coach there. Uh, like, do, is that where the blame lies? Um, does the blame lie, or at least some of trying to explain what happened lie in you know the way the Rangers have drawn from the prospect pool to get guys out of Hartford into the NHL? It's a, it's a complicated situation. The bottom line is it's not good enough. Uh, I feel like you and I both talked about this before last last offseason, Joe, especially because this was really revealed after last trade deadline, right? Where, like, 
the Rangers just brought up the Hartford Wolfpack, and what was left in Hartford was just a, a, a shit show. It was a, it was a cavalcade of comedy errors. It was a nightmare. It was a carnival of broken dreams. It was a bad time. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. You got through it. Barely, but we, we got there together, and I love you for it. So we wanted them to do more. They didn't do more. Um, and that was very interesting, to say the least. And to see the team go their way, you know, make the decisions they made now, and, like, all the guys they had there to be those kind of... The veteran guys that are, were in Hartford that were supposed to be the guys, you know, to help the kids along were all traded this year. Uh, Cole Schneider was traded. Peter Holland was traded. Um, you know, even Merrick Mazinek, who was, who was the goaltender there to kind of help balance the ship, uh, he was traded as well. So it feels like they're, to me, it feels like they just want to do a restart there in many ways, which is, uh, it's what's needed, but it's frustrating because they need to figure it out. Because if you're a rebuilding team, you can't have this level of disarray in the American Hockey League. It's just, it's, it's an unacceptable problem to have. Because you need to trust in your system and your your organization's ability to develop talent. And the Rangers haven't had that. And they're not going to get it right until, you know, Hartford is there. And people will, the other part of this that's a problem is people will be pointing to David Quinn and saying, you know, what hasn't he done to develop these kids? When it, this is not all on Quinn. A lot of this has to fall on the shoulders of Chris Drury and Keith McCambridge. And what's, what has progressed in Hartford. I mean, the Rangers shouldn't have trouble telling guys like, look, we have a, an AHL team, but you'll have an opportunity to come up and play in the NHL. And what did we see this year? We saw, you know, them go for Billy Meskinen and Michael Lindquist. Lindquist left before his contract was up. He just got he just got annoyed, didn't get a lot of opportunity, also didn't produce a lot. He just disappeared. So one of the most significant moves they made just evaporated. Billy Meskinen, since Peter Holland, I was looking at his numbers, not good. Meskinen does not look like he's there in terms of a guy who can be a true top six talent at the HL level without a guy like Peter Holland who can drag almost anyone into a top six forward in the HL. And we're looking at all these problems, Joe, and it doesn't look good. Uh, they need changes. It is a really bad situation there. It doesn't get any better with Letieri and Gilmore no, up. And it does it, not get better. It's no. not like this is a new thing that needs to be fixed either. So you're right. I haven't really thought about the Chris Drury aspect, but it's there and it's real. He's so. the GM of the, of the Wolfpack. I, I know. I mean, figure it, figure it out, Chris Drury. Kyle Brandau. How do you think Morgan back? We're going to start that over. How do you okay. think Morgan Barron will realistically translate to the NHL? He's played so well in the ECAC. He seems like he could become a valuable bottom six NHLer. He, he could even potentially be more than that. I mean, he has literally been the bus that the offense is driving through um, in Cornell, which is a Quinnipiac rival, but not really because Quinnipiac is way better than they are, um, at least in hockey. So I, I don't know. I don't want to overhype him. I think it, at this point, like for where he was drafted, if you get any type of a player out of him at the NHL level, it's a huge win. But yeah, that's kind of where I am right now with him. I... I feel like I need to watch more of his game. The, the thing that's interesting about Barron is that, you know, he's not particularly big. He's not particularly fast. Like, like he is a good skater, by don't get me wrong, but he's also not like a guy who you look at him and you say, this is what he's doing right and wrong. He just has a very well-rounded game from what I've watched. And, you know, haven't. he's one of the few prospects that I've watched more than I've read about in terms of, 
just watching highlights of him and you know watching things like condensed games and trying to get an idea of like oh well like why is why are his numbers so good why why is he doing what he's been able to do at Cornell um right now Wait, did I, a like, whale if, just let loose a mating call I know I heard that on your apartment too. I don't know what that was there it is again I don't hear anything. it's it's you because my mic was muted the first time oh well is there a whale having sex in your apartment I don't see one. Oh, you definitely you'd see it or hear it. No, I didn't hear anything. But you, did but, you hear uh, it the first time? Well, I have my headphones in, so there could have been an event that happened nearby that I didn't hear. All I hear is your voice. That's interesting. Um, but no, I, I really like Barron's chances of becoming an NHLer. I feel like a big deal will be how he plays in the first half of next season, because again, this was a breakout year for him. Uh, kind of much more modest production in terms of what he did. Uh, at Cornell last year, um, you know, and you know, getting an idea of what he can be is is tricky. With that being said, he's nothing but upside. He's a guy you should be excited about. You don't get six round picks who look this promising. It doesn't happen very often. So, I hope he can be an NHL. Take guy. it and I, run. I feel like a middle six center feels like a, a like if if that's what he could be at the NHL level, you you throw a goddamn parade. And it's really not that crazy to think he could be a guy who fits in that role one day. It's still very early, and he's also 20 years old, so we shouldn't get to, you know, get a little crazy here. But let let the guy develop, recognize that he'll take a little bit longer than most because of, you know, where he went in the draft and you know what he's been asked to do at the NCAA level, and that's fine. It's going to be fine. But if you get a guy who can be a third line center at the NHL level, it'll be a goddamn grand slam. God damn Grand Slam. All right, final question. Dan Carosi and Tyler McGillick, they both kind of asked the same question. So oh, uh, Dan friends. said, what do you want, or sorry, who do you want to sit for Gilmore and Letary? Um, who do you think will sit? Mm. And then Tyler asked, what is the best case scenario for the two of them? So best case scenario is that, I mean, for Letary, he is what I think at this point he is what he is. There's the the Rangers will have winger right. reinforcement coming, especially with Kravstov and potentially Panarin. So this is probably Letary's last shot at an NHL career on Broadway. Yeah. For Gilmore, it's it, can he prove that he deserves to be on the team next year? Yeah, so there's that. Who do I think should sit for Gilmore? I think Pionk should, to be completely honest with you. Um, and for Letary, it's probably going to be Smith because Smith was playing, you know, the four left wing role. So, yeah, that's that's where I stand too. Uh, Smith, I think, just played uh, five on five. He actually had, I think, something like ten minutes in the last game against the Wild. Uh, Leas had the least amount of ice time, and then Filipito had. Just a little bit more than him, not not a lot. Both of those things are, they are what they are. It's frustrating. Um, you wonder if guys like Heedle and Anderson aren't getting a lot of opportunity. What hope does Letary have? And the short answer there is not a lot. Um, but maybe the hope there is he can spark uh, some offense with on the fourth line. Maybe you know they has some familiarity with playing with Leas, obviously. So that makes sense with Brendan Smith. Uh, I mean, it, it it is what it is, but I, like I would scratch Stahl or Pionk. Um, I don't think Stahl will happen, but I feel like in terms of where how the team has played lately, and in terms of accountability and 
and trying to rattle cages and get guys like I want I want Mark Saul to be playing like his career is on the line. I want him to be busting his ass and I want him to be being a vocal leader on this team because he needs to find ways to contribute if he's going to be the sort of defenseman he is. Um, I don't think I don't think he's he's necessarily the guy who was earned the scratch. I think Pionk, you know, he had the goal recently, but holy hell, some of the turnovers lately have been, uh, yeah. So I would say it's it's Pionk, but then again, he's also been he's been given a lot of ice time at five on five that he probably doesn't deserve. Um, Clayson, I don't think he should scratch. But he, it feels like he'll probably be the guy who does get scratched on that blue line. It does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? It always does. Mike, final question. Do you actually know of a whale that was having sex in your apartment? Uh, No. I know that whales are known as cetaceans. You're going to lie to me and the people. It's fucked up. Uh, Please. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so My much for listening. My cat's asleep next to me, but... Yeah, no, it was not Franklin. I don't think even, Franklin made it. Even though Franklin is a robot. Um, he's a little robot. He's a little sleepy man. He's, he's a fucking robot. That's what he is. He's curled up on my back. A goddamn robot who's spying on us. Nice uh, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Remember, patreon.com slash blueshirtbanter. Give us your addresses if you have not already. For those of you who are in the $10 and up tier, you're getting yourself a fucking mug. So give us that address. Eventually, yeah. uh, eventually right. Mike is in the process of putting it together. Um, our first test mug went out, and it did not explode upon arrival. So that's a big whim. Uh, yeah. Me to you. Everybody have fun. Go out there and go nuts. Make sure there's no whales outside. Yeah, Mike is literally in a whale orgy right now. And if he does not make it out on the other side, we know. No, it was like a deep humming noise. Well, that um, sounds like an automobile. No, it was 100% a whale. A whale okay. having sex. And that's where we're ending this.